Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about building resilience. Wow. In my opinion, resilience is one of the most useful traits when it comes to having a successful career. If you want to have a life worth living, it is not going to be easy. You will meet some major obstacles and you will need to know how to overcome them. This episode is not only one to help you with your job search, but I am sure if you take it to heart, you can apply it to other areas of your life as well. Today, I brought on the amazing Ramona Shaw. Ramona is a certified professional leadership coach who helps managers become confident. Through coaching and training, she helps high-performing leaders go further and faster by embracing leadership behaviors, skills, and habits that increase productivity, impact, and visibility. You can learn more about her at RamonaShaw.com if you want to read her bio. But let me just say that I believe that she is the best person for this. And this episode is really going to help you out if you're looking to become not only a better job seeker, but also a stronger person. So let's launch right into it with our 151st episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Hey, Ramona, how are you doing today? Hi, Chris. Doing well. Thank you. Great to be on here. It's great to have you on the show. And I just want to say I enjoyed our conversation thoroughly before this in which we talked about resilience. I thought you had a really good definition of what resilience is. So if you can go ahead and enlighten our listeners to what that is, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. When I think of resilience, I think one of those, it's a bit of a misconception when we think, oh, someone is really resilient. We think, oh, someone is has like this big, heavy armor around them and they're just fighting through and nothing really, you know, shakes them. But that's not really what life looks like, right? That might be in a movie, the case, but in real life, we all sort of have feelings, right? And we we feel the rejections or we failures that we as we see them and uh, we have emotions and setbacks and breakdowns and the highs and the lows. And so resilience doesn't mean to put an armor on. It means to be able to recognize what is happening, to take charge of my own destiny, like becoming the CEO of my mind and making choices to rebound quickly. And so the official definition would be is regaining equilibrium fast, so rebouncing from a setback faster than average or just in a way that is serving you and serving your mission. I love that. And I like what you said about you're not like putting on this shell or this armor. I'm having flashbacks to some of my meditations I've had in the past and where the instructor would say things like, don't resist the bad thing that's going on right now. Don't resist the pain. Instead, they would say, just become aware of it and work with it. Because when you resist things, that's oftentimes one of the worst ways to get through something. So I really like the point of self-awareness you brought to the table and if we can steer listeners more towards that path, I think we'll have a lot more healthy job seekers here. Yeah, it's a great point because it's sort of that you have to look at the wound. Like you have to, don't just put a bandaid on it and fight through, right? You have to, in order to heal the wound, you have to actually look at it and fix it. Exactly. And so actually, you know, that pain that you referenced, that's a, it's a blessing. It can be a beautiful teacher. Exactly. And so I want to think in the context of, let's think more broadly real quick, what are some of the challenges I might face within my career or as a job seeker? Why is resilience so important? What am I going to face? Yeah. 
And this is the type of work, right, that I, in the conversations that I have day in and day out, because what we usually see from the outside is the success and progress and promotions, because those are the things that get talked about and celebrated publicly. But what we don't see is, you know, all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. Even sometimes when people say, I don't need a coach, I'm already successful. And you probably get this too. Like, why do I need help finding a job? You know, I've done this in the past successfully. But then if we were to actually look under the hood, we would see that, you know, all the successful people and the people who land amazing gigs, they all had help, right? They did it with people who guided them along the way, who helped them see, understand their patterns and figure out what's working and what isn't. And so in my work, you know, things that I uncover often where resilience is just such an important or critical factor in developing sort of long-term sustainable success is... When someone doesn't get the promotion that they wanted, when someone gets rejected from, you know, they make it into the final rounds of interviews and then you have this, oh my God, it could be so close. In two weeks, I could be starting <laughs> my dream job. And then you get yep. a no. Yep. This is layoffs, just talking about recent events of the many layoffs that happened where someone felt really secure in their career and their job. And then one day they walk in and get laid off. Big setback. And then what do you do with that? How do you internalize that? Um, and what do you make from this experience? It can either help you accelerate in the future and make you stronger, or it can impact and impair your ability to perform and to go for it again. Absolutely. And these are all things that, you know, a lot of people, regardless of what industry they're in, they're going to go through within their careers. So it's, you know, I think rejections when it comes to your job search are important, but, you know, also applying it to that person who just feels like they're stuck and they're just doing everything they can and they're not really moving anywhere. I think this is such an important thing to work on. But for the skeptic who may think like, okay, resilience is important. I get it. Why, why do you think it's so important to actively work on resilience as, as a concept? Like, why? what's the point? That moment when something happens, and it can even be, hey, I was up and I had a big presentation in front of the whole organization and it flopped. This can either be the moment where I think, okay, this sucked. I feel upset. I'm sad. I'm frustrated <laughs> with myself. And then the next day, I'm like, gosh, I got to figure this out. I can do better next time. And I start sort of going to the gym and we talked about this, right? You got to go yeah. to the gym, you got to lift the dumbbell and you got to build the muscle. And so you actively practice and going for it. Or it can then mean that, you know what? I am not meant to be a public speaker. And so then I'm determining and defining myself as not being a good public speaker. And I will avoid anything where I have to go back on stage or hold a big presentation in front of a, uh. of a large group. And that decision in the moment of what will I do with this experience, that can change. It can alter someone's career and alter the trajectory right. of someone's career. All right, Ramona, this has been really awesome so far. So I just want to kind of start from the top here. Really, how can I start building resilience that's going to make me a better person? What's step one? Yeah, so step one really is about recognizing that I do have control. I am the CEO of my brain. Like I can take, I can make choices. And I think simply that self-awareness of this is not a genetic disposition that I have. It's not that 
some people can and some people can't. No, we all can. And yes, to some people, this will come easier than to others. But we all have the capacity to develop resilience, the capability to develop resilience. And that if I take control and I can start to uh, question my own interpretations of things and how the meaning that I assign to certain events then that puts the power on me, right? So now I'm charged, I can define, okay, I'm going to look at this way, I'm going to see adversity as something that positive and opportunity for growth and opportunity to change or receiving a lesson that will help me in the future. Or I can use this experience, this painful experience, possibly or rejection or, or perceived failure as an identity and now I'm going to run my life, like keeping that label on me. So that's in my control and just having that self-awareness of, hey, what am I telling myself when something yeah. happens? Yeah. It's funny you talk about what am I telling yourself? Because I think that is one of the lies. Like I'm having a, I'm having a flashback right now to one of the ones I always used to tell myself growing up as a kid, which is I can't put on muscle. I can't you know, build strength because it's in my skinny boy genetics. That was like one of the funny things I always used to tell myself. And it held me back back from actually trying to go to the gym and eat well and put on muscle. But in I think it was in my early 20s, um, I just kind of redefined that. I think it was one of my heroes, Tony Horton from P90X, yeah, yeah. was he was actually the guy that kind of inspired me along with my dad, of course, but you know, really showed me that it's your mentality. It's how you bring it every day that can actually make a difference. So your attitude is so important. I can't agree with you enough. So thanks for bringing that to the table. Yeah, I think it, it all starts there to really own that. And then also to look at, hey, how am I choosing to look at adversity and setbacks? Yeah, exactly. And so what are some of the other things that I can really use to build resilience? Yeah, so that's, that's step one, right? And then step two is there's certain things that will make this easier. If we stay with the gym thing, right? I can either walk to the gym. It's going to make it a little harder to even convince myself to go because it's a long walk to get there and tedious. Or I can say, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to jump in my fancy car and it's actually going to be a fun ride and it'll be an equal experience and then I'll get to the, I'll get to the gym. And so what is it that will make it easier for us to do the work? Yeah. The, there's a few things that you can do. So one of them is to take care of your sleep. When we're rested, it is we're more likely to deal with stressful situations or with setbacks in a more calm and composed way than overreacting because of something that happened. Good food, you know, nutrition will make it easier. Um, like I said, the rest, because it has to go, the gas goes with the break. You need sort of the balance mm -hmm. between the two. And then also, even within your day, it's putting in moments of time where you have a break, where you close your eyes, possibly, versus staring at your screen all day long, especially working remote or virtually, just to take a break, to calm your body, calm your nervous yes. system, um, to to get into a balance where we call this equilibrium, right? So when we notice we're getting stressed and anxious and anxious and more stressed, it's way more likely for us to overreact and then plummet, right? Versus keeping more of a calm, steady um, composure throughout the day. I feel like one and two kind of go hand in hand because the times where I felt like I was overly stressed and didn't... I was getting like five hours of sleep a night, whereas it require eight. Like those were the times that I felt... I would tell myself those lies more often or when I would have a really an attitude that wasn't helpful. So I, th I think how we treat our bodies and how we treat our minds is so incredibly important because that is how we're able to take care of those other things. 
So that is huge. Do you have any like quick tips and recommendations for for job seekers and things they should be doing to really self-care? Yeah, I think one of them is really looking at how do I schedule my days and my week? Because what I what I know is from, you know, times when I was a job seeker, but also from working with clients with job seekers, one of the big challenges is that you have way less of a structure in your day, way less of a routine than you might like and that you might used to have. And it can easily, especially when you're working from home, like the work and home, it's a blurry line. And some people have a challenge of being distracted by the day-to-day, maybe the kids around, the pet, and all of a sudden, oh, I got to do laundry. And it's jumping between tasks that can make it hard. Or then on the other extreme, there are some people who just keep working and working and working because they think they should. They should be working so hard. And they get up in the morning and before they even do anything else, they grab a cup of coffee and they sit down and start working. And then, Hmm. you know, the the day sort of goes by and at 8 p.m., the laptop is still open. And they're not sustainable and not helping Mm. you achieve sustainable high performance. A good, simple first step is to look at your week. And I usually... you know, ask my clients to write that, either print out sort of that weekly schedule or I have a template where it's Monday and then from morning till night. And then looking at that schedule and writing down what do you want your week to look like? What do you want your days to look like? When are you most productive and focused? I know between 9 and 11 o'clock in the morning, that's my prime time. If I knock big projects off my to-do list during that time, I'm good. But if I start blocking that with meetings and calls or I start, you know, meeting a friend for a coffee in the morning, that just took the biggest, most valuable part of my day out of the equation. And then also designing like, when am I going to start? When am I going to end? What are some of the sort of the self-care or that rituals that I want to build in? And then putting them on a list because on a calendar, because if we don't know what we're aiming for, we're just waking up in the morning, we're going to go with the flow. But that is not necessarily what it should be. So you have a destination, you have a roadmap. And even if it doesn't always look that way, because we can't predict so well into the future, but at least you have a target. I really love that. And uh, some really good practical tips for people on how to self-care. I think that's really important, Ramona. What is part three, I should say, of building resilience? Yeah. So part three is aligning with your mission and with your vision. Because Disney lies to us. There's no happily ever after. You know, there there are up and downs and highs and lows. And that's life. And that's all, you know, beautiful in itself if you choose to look at it, at it that way. But what carries us through those you know, lows and hard moments when we really need to push it or push ourselves, maybe in a bigger sense, just it's a difficult time. Maybe we feel isolated right now or we, we struggle with finding the right job or there's a lot of uncertainty and lack of clarity or it's just within the day even, right? In the moment when it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I feel like, oh, I just don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> What is it that's going to bring me back and re-energize or rejuvenate my motivation to that inner light or fire? How do I keep that alive? And how do I keep putting chips on it so that the fire is lit and keeps burning? It's by remembering why we're doing what we're doing. What is it that we want to accomplish? Why are you doing this? How do, how do we find our why though? Like that seems like such a tough thing to do. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I'm not the person who says like, you got one big purpose and you got to find that purpose and you do what you need to do. And then the mission or the vision that we have for our life, it starts really small. It starts with 
Who do I want to be to other people? Who do I want to inspire? That could be kids. It could be friends. How do I want to show up in life? Like I choose to be an honest person and whatever I do, I'm doing it from a place of honesty or I do this from a place of I'm always going to try my best. And that's how the label I put myself that serves me well, right? There's labels that surface and labels that don't. And this label serves me because I think I'm a courageous, honest, and always tries to do her best. And that in itself is sort of my mission in the small scope. And then I can increase it and say, and I want to be a role model for my kids to show them that even in tough times, you know, I have a North Star. I know where I'm going and I keep at it. And so I know that they're picking up on it and they're looking at me, you know, is mommy hanging out in her yoga pants all day? How does she react when she gets, for example, the call, a rejection letter, or she gets a call and says like, you know, sorry, we chose someone else. The kids are watching. Friends are watching. So I choose then to be a better person for them. And then I can make it bigger and bigger and bigger. But it starts super small. It starts with just me, myself, and I. I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that to light. So we have... I think these are such powerful parts or steps or however you want to look at them. It's changing the lens of how you're looking at the problem. It's taking care of yourself and really aligning with your mission, your why. What are your values? So thank you so much for that. That is brilliant. And and I want to just add one quick thing to that last point. You know, sometimes there are these moments when someone inspires us to write down our vision or a mission statement or something where we get clarity or we feel we're getting clarity. But then that piece of paper either gets, you know, it's somewhere stored away in a folder on a computer or it lands on a pile of paper next to us that we never look at it again. To really make this work, you have to keep that in arm's reach. And I literally mean arm's reach as of... It's either next to your bedside table and you read it every night and every morning. I have mine like hanging right next to me on next to my office desk and I read it every single day. It's something that once won't surf. It's just like going to the gym. We're keeping going back to that, right? But it's just like going to the gym. You got to keep doing it, doing it, doing it and reading it over and over again because that will reprogram um, your subconsciousness and you'll be more likely to keep at it. And when it gets tough, be reminded of it. Yeah. And so Ramona, I want to I want us to speak to that guy or gal who is maybe they just got through their 100th rejection letter or maybe they just worked so hard at something for days and weeks or months even and they finally didn't get there and they are at their lowest of their low. For me, I know when I have been in positions like that, it's even been hard for me to even think about bouncing back. If you are at rock bottom, so to speak, how can I Mm -hmm. even begin to think about getting myself back up to a place where I can start working on this? You know, I have little kids and girls and they all love Frozen. And so in Frozen 2, there's this moment when Anna, one of the characters says, you know, I got to do the next right thing. And so this has it's a little bit of a mantra, not just for me. I know it's for a lot of people, they took that really to heart and think like, yeah, it's the next right thing. And in those moments, it really is the next right thing, you know, pre-Disney or outside of Disney, but also in, in Disney They shared that message as well, because when we're in this situation, it can be really easy to sort of spiral down and let our negative thoughts run. But then when I gain the awareness, and I hope that people listening to this podcast and following you, Chris, they have the, they see that there's a possibility to take charge and say, hold on a second. This is not helping me. Like me being in that downward spiral is not serving me. It's not going to get me that next job. So I have to take charge and jump out of it. 
I have to make the leap. And a really simple, easy thing that you could start doing and do in five minutes is that you write down your challenge. For example, you say, I got rejected for the fifth time in a row. That's your real struggle in that moment, as an example. So if you would write that down on a piece of paper and I would literally ask, you know, encourage you to take a pen and paper or something to doing it physically. And then you turn that statement into a question. For example, why did I get rejected five times in a row? Right now make a question. And then I'm going to change that question into a positive statement. So I'm looking at why did I get rejected five times in a row? And then I'm reframing it to a positive. How can I get accepted or how can I get an offer next time around? And this is a question, you know, paralyzing questions, because now your brain wants to find the answer. We're wired that way. We ask ourselves a question. Yes, our consciousness and subconsciousness, they want to get the answer. So this now opens up a whole new perspective to look for possibilities, for options. Like, what do I need to do? What is that next right thing that gets me out of that loop? I love that because you're bringing in some of those core principles and the things we talked about earlier, um, which are, I think they're easier said than done. But by actually writing it out, you're actually getting these thoughts, this crazy mess that's going on inside your head and you're putting it on paper or I've heard some people that they've done like audio recordings and they've, they've talked it out loud to mm-hmm. themselves and played it back. But I think that is such a genius way to bring these things to light. And I think that's great. So practically speaking, when should I be doing these exercises? So yeah, that's one exercise when you're in a moment where you feel like, I don't know what to do next. Like I'm, I just feel frustrated or I just feel upset, sad, angry, disappointed. Those are the moments you're like, I don't know what to do. Like I kind of don't want to. You can't see the positive. This is a really simple tool to get you to change your perspective and change your lens. And done how frequently? As often as needed, right? Whenever you feel like, I don't know where to go next. And there is a challenge to write that down. And then if you're in a situation where you feel that you made that switch and you're looking at new options, but maybe you're not sure how to go about it or if you can do it, there's a saying to go from wrong to strong which means that you're not looking at what's wrong and like, oh, but I got rejected five times or this is hard or I got laid off, but I'm looking at my strength now. What are the things that I've done in my life that helped me that that I are now in my backpack because I've done them before and, and I can do this again. And a quick, simple exercise for this is to put a timer on and say 20, 30 or 40 minutes. But my clients, we do this for 45 minutes. I'm going to let them really go through this and sweat it out. <laughs> But to write down every single moment where there was something that they were proud of, something that they'd evolve, some accomplishment, achievement, something that positive feedback that they received from a colleague, a friend, a family member, a boss, and to write it all down. It's incredibly powerful to bring this up to light, to bubble up those times when you did it wrong, when you had it and bring those strengths to the forefront. That's awesome. Before we get into your final words of advice for job seekers, I know you're a big book reader. I remember just looking at your background right now. I thought it was a a fake Zoom background earlier when we had our conversation. But no, Ramona has a bunch of books right behind her. And it is really impressive. Uh, I wanted to see if you have any book recommendations for anyone on this show. 
and specifically for career warriors or job seekers? Yeah. So in anticipation of this question, right, I was scrolling through my bookshelf and I was like, which one would be most appropriate? And so here are two. And the first one is called The Advice Trap. This is a fairly new book by Michael Bongay-Stenier, also referred to as MBS. And it says, the advice trap, be humble, stay curious, and change the way you lead forever. Now, this is not only for leaders. This is really for anyone, basically, who wants to influence other people and work and collaborate with other people effectively. I think it changes sort of the perspective of how we see advice giving and asking questions and the power of asking questions and staying curious for yourself too. Like we talked about staying curious and questioning your own beliefs a bunch. And this one is great and easy and fun read. Puts that into words. And then the second one is called The Indistractable or actually just Indistractable by Nir Eyal, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. This changed my perspective on time management and productivity and why. And I'm noticing to this day, you know, whenever I'm in a situation where I think, oh, you know what? I'm just going to respond to that email quickly. Just yesterday, I was trying to pull up together a presentation for one of my groups, my members, and it got hard. And I was like, ah, I don't know what to write next or what that next slide should be. And then I thought, oh, you know what? One of my clients started a new job yesterday. I'm going to write a congratulations email. That was because I was stuck on this one thing over there and my desire to, you know, to move away from the pain made me think of what else can I do that's easy and fun. Yeah, so this is a great book for anyone who feels that they're distracted a little too often. They would like to increase their focus on time management or productivity overall. Indistractable. That's the name of it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That is fantastic. And for, for you listeners, I'll make sure to link those two books. And uh, we do have a YouTube channel. It's not very, very well known, but we do have these videos posted on YouTube. So if you want to see the visuals uh, from this podcast presentation, just hop on over there. So Ramona, you've been such an awesome guest here. I want to make sure we don't miss anything. So what final words of advice do you have for job seekers or career warriors looking to build up their resilience? Oh, Chris, uh, thank you for having me. This was such a, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, our final message to say, like, yeah, you're worthy. You're not defined by your job. You're not defined by perceived failures and your successes. It really boils down to who you are as a person. And you're good enough and you got tremendous amount of strength. We all do. And so my final message would be move from what's wrong to what's strong or focus again or emphasize the, the strength and accomplishments that you have and know that you got what it takes to get to that next level. It's about taking action and to become the CEO of your brain and your thoughts. You got what it takes. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. You were great. And how can people find out more about you if they want to check out what you got going on? Where would you send our listeners? Since we're on a podcast, I have a fairly new podcast. It's called The Manager Track. And this is for people who are in leadership roles or would like, desire to be in leadership roles. Or then my website, www.ramonashaw.com. And there are a bunch of free resources and tools and guides. And there's also a masterclass on there that people might find helpful. Awesome. Yeah. And I've been on your website several times. It is very clean and nice. And I like the way you designed it. So good job on that. Thank you. Thank you. Such a pleasure, Chris, to be on this podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, being on the show and I'll catch you around next time. Thank you. All right. For you listeners, this wraps up episode 151 of the Career Warrior Podcast. 
such good content material. And I love to delve into some of these more inner game, more, I should say, psychological type of episodes. And I think Ramona did such a good job in not only bringing to light the concept of resilience, but also giving some practical, actual tactical things that you can implement today. So if you are having a particularly hard time going through something in your job search, I know we have a lot going on in our nation, in our world right now, would recommend going back and rewinding this episode. I know sometimes repetition helps. Another recommendation that I have is to either tag Ramona or myself on LinkedIn or whatever social media platform and let listeners know what you learned from this episode. What were some key takeaways? This is always something that I love to hear from you all because your feedback means the world to me. So thanks so much for tuning in. I am so excited for next time. We have some really good episodes coming up, but uh, until then, I'll see you next time. 